Welcome back to another episode of Heatley Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today's movie is a very special one. I'm actually going to say as little as I can in the intro because I want you to, first off, just watch this movie and then come back and hear Pierre and I gush about it for an hour. Uh, We're going to talk about the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This is a movie by A24. I believe it was their first um, release to IMAX, uh, directed by Daniels and starring Michelle Yeoh and Kihoi Kwan and Stephanie Su. There's a spoiler warning for this one pretty near the beginning because we go into spoilers pretty quick. Uh, so here's another spoiler warning for you. Just go and watch this movie and then come back and listen to our episode. But if you have already seen this movie, fantastic. Uh, You're ahead of the rest. So uh, let's reward you with some Sun Lux. This is the song This Is a Life by Sun Lux, Mitski, and David Byrne from the credits of Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is a life Free from destiny Not only what we Episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out, and um, today we're talking about an A24 movie. I think we've talked about a couple of A24 movies before, right, Pierre? I think so. Uh, yeah, just maybe. Anyway, maybe this not. was, uh, I don't know if you know this, Pierre, but this movie that we're talking about today was A24's first ever IMAX release. Do you, did you get to see it in IMAX? Um, I did not. Now I'm really sad. I think this would have been yeah. amazing in IMAX. Same. I saw it twice, and I didn't get to see it in IMAX. Like, this, I, I specifically wanted to see it a second time so I could see it in IMAX, but it's not playing in IMAX here anymore for some reason. It was like an IMAX release for like one week, I swear to God. Mm. Well, we'll see. This I, I I remember reading this movie's picking up steam. It's, uh, it's expanding, I think, to a thousand more theaters this week. Um... Uh, which is really cool. Yeah, last I heard was twenty two hundred. Oh, so never like mind. even more. Yeah, it's it's expanding really fast. Hopefully, it like keeps expanding and keeps doing well in theaters. We're talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, if we haven't said that already. Yeah. Um. Which? Uh. Did, wait. Should I, Jeff? Do you want to explain what this movie is about? <laughs> oh my God! No, I don't. I want you to. Oh dear Lord. 
<laughs> um, it's I don't even know how to. It's it's a uh, well. This is another multiverse movie. Surprisingly enough, um, starring Michelle Yeoh and uh, Steven Sue. Who? Oh no, not Steven. <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie. Yeah, Su? but I messed that up. Ki Hui Kwan and Stephanie Sue. Uh, and as you told me earlier, Ki Hui Kwan. I think this. I remember reading this is his first role in like twenty years or something. Uh, it's not quite that long, but like or it's his his second first... role in twenty years. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, actually, his second role in twenty years. Yeah, he's not in a lot of movies. I think he may. I I was under the impression that he was in a lot of TV, but that's just wrong. Like mm. he's not doing very much acting until this year all of a sudden yeah it's interesting it seems like he he straight up retired and then he's, he's come back to do some um, um some american movies again mm-hmm. um which is which is crazy because he was amazing in this but we'll talk about that later um and yeah it's a movie about i guess uh multi it, i mean the main premise is is there is a multiverse created from all of our choices and decisions um, which is, I guess, the first time a movie's talked about this concept. But then, I guess it's like a very Rick and Morty approach to the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and uh, they, I think Michelle Yeoh's character has to fight Tobu Tobu Chobaki, Chobu Tobaki, Chobu Tobaki, uh, who is a multiversal threat, um, and she is called upon by. Um, I guess the alpha verse to uh, I guess fight against this villain using um, powers from other multiverses using powers that she can take from other versions of herself in the multiverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's real. Honestly, that's the best I can way I can describe this, that it, it's really a lot goes on in this movie. It's, it's really tough to condense it. Um, yeah. If the title Everything Everywhere All at Once didn't clue you in, this is a dense movie. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Also, like, I, I well, at least personally me, I went in this, like, very fresh. I saw nothing. Um, I just, I think I read that it was a multiverse movie, but I didn't know to what extent. Um, so, yeah, I, and I think that really, that made this a lot more surprising. So I'm really happy mm-hmm. that I did that. And did you see it? Because I've never seen a trailer for this movie or anything. I've seen a few. Okay. Unless I maybe I did, and the trailer just was very forgettable. But yeah, I was. I would have not heard about this movie unless like my friend asked me to go. If that makes sense, um, which is crazy to me because yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah, I don't remember how this movie was advertised because like. I definitely did see trailers for it, but the trailers didn't give much away, which is, uh, I mean, a good thing. But also, I don't even remember where I saw those trailers. Like, they must have been attached to some movie, but I don't remember which. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, I feel like an A24 movie would is usually shown around a smaller movie with more limited releases. But the thing is, I haven't seen, like, an actual, like, smaller budget movie in theaters in a while. It's only been like the big blockbusters, especially through COVID. Where uh, A24 is like, A24 is kind of unique among movie studios. 
Um, because like, I feel like they get around, they get by on word of mouth a lot Yeah. because I've seen trailers for a 24 movies. I've, uh, but like the trailers usually don't give too much away. And like a lot of a 24 movies are not necessarily trailer friendly, mm. like something like Dr. Strange the, it's it's a Marvel movie and you can just throw things in there that people recognize as Marvel things and it'll get them excited for the movie. Uh, the next A24 movie that I keep seeing trailers for is called Men. And it's just like Jesse Buckley walks up to a tunnel and like says and like yells really quick. And then there's an echo and then it says Men and that's the trailer. And it's like, I am excited for that movie. But I'm excited for that movie because it said A24. I have no idea what's in that trailer, what that trailer even means. And it's by Alex Garland, I guess. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I'm excited for that movie for a lot of reasons, but it's not because of the trailer. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think, I think. well, I mean, I don't think it's definitely not a bad thing that A24 has to rely on their amazing reputation to sell their movies. <laughs> so. Well, I was going to say, like, it's it's actually pretty incredible that they can, and I hope that they, like, continue putting out almost exclusively quality movies because, you know, I don't if there was ever a time that Universal could get by on its good reputation, not now. It's just, like, a big studio that produces a bunch of movies. And it's yeah. not that all Universal's movies are bad. Plenty of them are great. But, like... I'm not going to a universal, I'm not going to a movie to see a universal movie. I'm going to a movie to see, you know, whatever that movie actually is. Yeah. Fast and the Furious, I guess. Yeah. Where with A24, you know, if A24 released a movie called The Water Bottle, I'd probably go and see it because it's an A24 movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, they just, they do interesting stuff. Uh, and this movie mm-hmm. is definitely uh, interesting um, and probably a, a big win for them, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. As- We'll probably see. I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to hear a lot about this movie in the future. In the coming I weeks. think so. So, yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, uh, what what did you what did you think of this, this movie? I love this movie a lot. Uh, so far, I mean, I, I know I said this two episodes ago about a different movie, but, like, this is easily my favorite movie of the year so far and i actually don't think that's going to change too much like i think it's going to stay pretty close to the top for the rest of the year oh Um, yeah for sure yeah i uh i already liked these directors but like i wasn't um i don't know i have a couple of friends who are like super super into daniels and i definitely wasn't necessarily on that uh on the Daniels train until this one, this movie. And now it's just like, I, I'm actually astounded at like how this movie works in the different ways that it does, which we'll talk about. But like, it's a movie that, um, it's a movie that gets so weird so fast and yet always stays like really weirdly relatable and grounded. And like, I can't even imagine how you would how you would make it work the way it does. I like well just thinking about how I I don't understand cuz there's literally so many it's like a movie that technically like the farther you get into it there's technically like like one two three it's like there's like four or five different movies going on at the same time um in a way 
if not more. Yeah. And it's edited, but it's edited perfectly. And it's so hard for me to understand how they, like, there's no way they actually planned out all those shots in advance. But that's the only way they could have done it, too. And, like, every single one of those, like, four, five, six, however many sub-movies that are going on has a beginning, a middle, an end, a satisfying conclusion, and they're Mm. all edited together so that all of the, like, emotional beats are hitting in every single one of those storylines at the same time. Yeah. Like, oh, man. fucking crazy. I want to give examples, and I will. (laughs) I just, like... I want to talk spoilers about this movie, but I want people to like hear how much, like hear all of me, hear, hear us recommending this movie and be able to like stop before we get into spoilers because I want people to see this movie. I mean, we could just say it like, I, I'll, I'll say it like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. You have to watch this movie if you're listening to this right now, like a hundred percent. Yes. If you, if you're listening to this, if you're still listening to this, uh, and you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. Now is probably the time to put this episode on pause, figure out when the next move, when the next showing is run out to the theater to watch that movie, come back and then yeah. unpause the episode. Yeah. Cause like, that is like, I, I, I don't want to drag it out. It, it, you have to, yeah, you just have to, um, yeah. Do you want to just talk spoilers? We can do that. Yeah, I mean, at this point, that was the most thorough spoiler warning we could have possibly given. Yeah, that's right. So I think at this point, <laughs> it's like, it. as of this point, there's spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like in terms of, because like, it's all culminating in the climax. They're like, no, I think a lot of them, it's kind of cool. A lot of them are introduced in like halfway through the movie, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, because that's when Michelle Yeoh's character, like her, uh, her mind starts like shattering into all the dimensions at once, right? But you got yeah. you got the rock one, you got the alternate timeline where they they went home to pay their taxes. Um, you have what else? You have you have the you have the Rakanui one. You have the or hot Rakakuni. dog Rakakuni one. You have the hot dog one. You have the Alphaverse. Well, I guess the Alphaverse's plot kind of is over. That one kind of fizzles out early. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Well, but it's so cool because, like, you have these universes that are introduced as more serious universes because it's literally just at, we we see them as they're basically spawning. Yeah. Because, like you said, there's the one where they go home to do their taxes. And, like, that has its whole own story. But, like, we see the beginning of that universe because it's just a branching path on her, uh, like, a choice she could have taken. Um. But then you have these things, but then you have these universes that are introduced as one-off jokes, like Hot Dog Fingers universe and Rakakuni universe. And it's like, oh, it's a funny one-off joke. That's funny. Except that by the end of the, by the end of the movie, like Hot Dog Fingers universe is one of the most like, it's such a touching romance by the end of the movie, weirdly enough. And then like Rakakuni has an entire emotional arc attached to it. That's like, it's, they don't have to spend time on these, but not only do they, they tie it into the rest of the movie and make it work and make it like prop up the rest of the stories as well. Yeah. And it's not in like a distracting way either. It's like edited no. in a way that it like, it adds so much more emotion to every, like it could have been so easy to just 
be like ever have everyone distracted and be like oh shit like okay I'm, I'm like there's too many plot lines i wish we could just focus on what's happening but like it, it in no way detracted at all it, it each added plot line added more to the story um, um so like uh obviously obviously it's early in, it, it, like it's early in the year but like it should be pretty clear i kind of want this movie to win every award it can possibly win but it's not going like, to <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, what what I'll say right but... now is like I am going to specifically be angry if this movie doesn't get nominated for editing because it is actually so well edited. Oh yeah, like that that would be that's the hill I'm going to die on for this movie specifically. Is like yes, I think it should probably get you know it should definitely be nominated in my opinion for things like best picture, best actress, best supporting actor, but editing is the one that it needs more than anything else cuz it is so well put together. Yeah, that would actually be crazy. Um if Bohemian rap like just just in terms of raw amount of editing, I remember someone saying Bohemian Rhapsody won best editing because of how much fucking editing they had to do to make that movie <laughs> actually work. This movie is like that. It's the same for this movie. Like I can't imagine what post production was like. Holy shit! Yeah, with the exception that like with this one, it's clearly intentional. Like they weren't stitching together a bad movie and turning it into something good. Well, yeah. They were stitching together five <clears throat> different good movies. Well, because like yeah, like uh, I'm pretty sure it'd be physically impossible to have shot all this and not had an exact plan for each individual shot completely mm-hmm. done. And, like, I, I doubt there's, like, I feel like there's probably, like, no deleted scenes either because of just how perfect they had to get it yeah. the first time, you know? Um, every scene of I'm this s- feels very, very important, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only like, maybe they cut some external universes. Okay, the only problem, the only actually dislike I have in this movie, I mean, it's not a big one. I actually, the hot dog universe grosses me out, like, a lot. It really it is very gross. I found it really disturbing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it was that I had a tough time. Like I, I mean, like I, I kind of appreciate it, but like it, it felt like one of those concepts that I wish was more of a one-off rather than uh, kept coming back to a thing. I, I like where it got to in the end, but I definitely was not excited to see Hot Dog Universe initially. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, can, I, I also kind of want to talk about the like this whole multi. Like, first of all, this. Like, this movie was extremely, it, what it felt like, it felt extremely Rick and Morty inspired. I'm not... Um, y- yeah, okay. I'm not, I, like, the, the initial concept in the whole external universe. I mean, that's where I first saw this was Rick and Morty. Um, and also, like, this whole multiverse thing has been really taking off lately with, with the... Um, into the Spider-Verse... We had Doctor Strange coming soon. We have the new Flash movie is going to be a multiverse project. Um, no Way Home just came out. It just seems kind of odd that it's all coming at the same time. Um, and it's always really good. I, I don't know what it is about the multiverse that really, I guess, makes good movies or, or draws people to it. But Yeah, I don't know if it's like the same reason for everything. But like this movie used the multiverse to like very much embody the zeitgeist of the time. Cause mm-hmm. like um in this movie the multiverse is kind of a meta well it's it's 
it's a metaphor for a lot of things, but like one of the things that like is clear through the multiverse is these are all of the lives you could have had. And like, it's a, it's a movie, it's a concept that I don't know that it specifically works, but it really works for like people who are unhappy with any aspect of their life. Just like, you know, imagining every other possible every other possibility and saying oh that exists somewhere it's like a really appealing concept in that way and like that's i'm sure that's not the reason that all multiverse movies work but like it's definitely it's like a cool it's it's a storytelling concept you can use for for that that is like really well suited for that but also just like there's so much storytelling potential yeah well i i mean that's what it definitely feels like this movie, for example. Like I like how they, like you said, they 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 really looked at the core of. Like I, I mean, like I, I think a lot of movies start with a character that's down on their luck, depressed, mm-hmm. um, and looking for ways to change that. Um, but yeah, in this movie, they really get to that core of like because that's the whole theme of the movie is is how, if you really look, if you really look at, like the mul- the concept of the multiverse and how each choice you make. It's like each choice you make matters so much that it doesn't matter, if that makes sense. Because there's just so many, you're just, you're one small speck in so many different choices and so many universes Mm -hmm. that everything feels inconsequential at that point. Um, Yeah, which is like another big theme of the movie, because like this movie addresses like modern zoomer nihilism in a really unique way that i haven't seen in movies before too yeah and but they also i mean like it's it's interesting how i I feel like the multiverse aspect allowed this movie to be really corny at times too but then Mm -hmm. also just because of how like unique the movie is and how fun it is and how how much heart's put into it a lot of it actually works really well like, like, there's a lot of speech. Like, there's that one speech with a, uh, um, the the dad's character. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Um, uh, the actor's name is Kehoi Kwan. Kehoi Kwan is Waymond. Waymond Wang. Um, so yeah, there's that one. There's that one extended scene where he's giving a speech on being kind to people and being nice to people and like how that's how we should fight. Um, and there's like. Mm-hmm. A, it's like a three three minute scene of like flashbacks to him being nice and like all that stuff, um, and it's really corny. Like when I thought about it later, I'm like, that was a really corny scene, and but it mm-hmm. works so so well. Like that that's an extremely big part of the movie that, um, like I teared up the second time I watched it. But like, uh, like this like a lot of those moments like that happen in this movie that would not work. And a lot of other like that's like almost like screenwriter like 101 like don't do that <laughs> yeah do not give do not give an epic speech about being nice to people in the like one of the climaxes of your movie um, yeah but it worked amazingly well in this mm-hmm. because of i think the way they were able to cut into all the different storylines at the same time too yeah yeah, actually, that's that's one thing I really liked about this movie is I kind of noticed, I noticed this especially on my second time around, all of the characters were basically defined by their relationship to Evelyn, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
in every universe, they fundamentally represented the same thing, but did it in a very different way. Like, Waymond is always, he's always just a nice guy, and he's always, like, nonviolent and just represents basically kindness but that makes him different in every single universe like in the one in the in the main universe he's like kind of a pushover in the alpha universe he's um you know he's kind of a badass but like he exists specifically to push to push evelyn in the right direction in a different universe you know he completely goes his own way but he's still, you know, just he's just kind of got life figured out. And all of them are the same character. It's just in a very different life path. And, like, I think to me, the one that really embodies that best is uh, Gong Gong, played by James Hong, who, uh, that's Evelyn's dad. And in every universe, he represents basically the fear that, uh, Evelyn's fear that her daughter isn't like that her daughter is somehow going to disappoint her grandpa. And like in one universe, it's just, he's from a different generation. He doesn't understand in another universe. He's literally trying to kill every version of Evelyn's daughter in every universe. And like, I think, I I think it's really cool just how they, how each of these characters is fundamentally the same character in every universe, but in like a really different way without, I don't know how to say that. You know what I'm saying? Well, right? yeah, it never feels like it's conflicting in any way. Like mm-hmm. it all feels like I, I could, I could conceivably believe that the guy that was, uh, when, when they didn't end up married. So we, the Wayman was really rich. Um, and successful was the same guy in the laundromat because they, they were both the, they, they were just acted the same, but like, they like the at the core. They were the same. You could feel the core was mm-hmm. the same, but like all their mannerisms were different. Because in that universe, he's successful and confident, um, and so it's completely different. But yeah, like I, I get what you mean. It's hard to explain, but yeah, I, I was and never I like, like this that... isn't this isn't consistent with the character. It always mm-hmm. felt right, and I think that like kind of gets to the core of. Uh what this multiverse story is really good at getting across too, is because even as different as all of these multiverses are, and they're very different from each other, like a big part of the point of the movie, as corny as it is, one of the themes of the movie is that like, all, as you said earlier, the choices you made in life in a way kind of don't matter because they do lead to very different ends, but ultimately the choices that you make in the life lead you to become whoever you are, which is again, really corny to say it like that, but like that this movie gets that across so well by making all of its characters fundamentally the same in any universe, even when they are extremely different. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that like that, I guess that consistency, like they, they, they put a lot of thought into the multi, like the multiverses they showed, at least I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that nothing would detract from any of the characters in the plot. So, uh, yeah, like that, all that stuff was really good. Um, but what did you think of the cast? Cast was incredible. Like, um, yeah. This first off, it's no, I, I don't want to say it's stacked, but it does have like a lot of pretty recognizable people in it. Michelle Yeoh is obviously someone 
that I like a lot. Uh, and this is my favorite role I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really cool that they have Kehoe Kwan in here because I, I think you mentioned it. Uh, this is his first, first or second acting role in like 20 years. And like, he was amazing. He hasn't acted, he hasn't acted regularly since like Indiana Jones and the Goonies when he like back in the eighties. Um, but yeah, also he was amazing. Like, I think he might be, he might be the standout performance of this, of this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like, well, like that again with that whole kindness speech that wouldn't have worked unless he was an amazing actor too. <laughs> like, yeah, it was so genuine coming from him that like I, I wanted, I just believed him. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my second time seeing James Hong in a movie this year. And like, he's great, even though, I mean, he does, it's not that he does, he's, he's a more minor character, but he does get quite, quite a lot to do. Like James Hong is on screen quite a bit. Dude, James uh, Hong never missed. I've never seen him in a role where he didn't do like really, really good, at least solidly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's an amazing actor. What else was he in? I mean, he was in Turning Red, obviously. Um, he uh, was in that. I mean, he's, he's been in the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. I mean, he just he pops up in so much random stuff. It's, it's usually when they need like an Asian, like <laughs> like an Asian dad or something. Um, I still remember one of his first, he was in that Seinfeld episode from like 30 years ago. Uh, it's like a really legendary episode, but he's, he's like so good at that role too. Um, yeah. Oh, he plays Poe's dad in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, no, he's, he's amazing. I, I I love him as Poe's dad. Um, what else? Wait, what's his name? James what? James Hong. Hmm. Uh, what else, what else was there? Oh, I'm really happy um, the, the daughter was initially cast as Aquafina. I am so happy they changed that. Oh my God. I definitely see it. Like, uh, the, the way this role was written, um, I can a hundred percent see Aquafina not just pulling it off, but like, it's, it seems like a very Aquafina role. And I am also, as you said, very glad that it didn't go to Aquafina. I think she would have been fine, but Stephanie Sue knocked it out of the park. And like, I also don't know who she is. So like, I feel like if Aquafina would have been in this role, I would have only seen Aquafina. Like she would not have been able to, I wouldn't have been able to see her as character at all. It would have just been Aquafina. Mm. And with Stephanie Sue, it's like, I can now, like, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, makes sense that that was Aquafina originally. But, like, I also just saw her character, which is really nice. Yeah. I, uh, like, Aquafina has a very... I, I think her her brand for herself is, like, too big, if that makes sense. Like, I, I would have found it distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, yeah, like, the way they wrote the character. I could tell it was almost kind of for her in some ways, but, um, I, I, yeah, I think that, I think it would have been too almost like cliche as a casting choice. So mm-hmm. I'm happy with what they did. And yeah, she was, she was great. I thought she really, the balance of like pure evil and fun, like she was like, like it was like the pure evil and fun slash like, and then the relatable daughter, like just mm-hmm. generic daughter issues was like uh, she, she did really well in both cases and, and that also was awesome. jamie lee curtis is incredible in this like <laughs> i'm i'm really 
I don't actually know what I've seen. Most most recently, I've just seen Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween movies. Mm. And like, oh, yeah. she's good at playing. Yeah, she's good at playing a badass. But like, it was really cool to see her in a role that isn't just she's a badass and that's her entire character. Like, she was hilarious in this movie. Yeah, she had a lot of fun. I remember there's this one scene where they're in the hot dog universe. And I think Michelle Yeoh is wiping a tear from Jamie Lee Curtis's face with her foot. And I don't know, just like I looking at Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis's face, I just, I just felt like she's just having like so much fun in this role. Like what she's like, what, 70, like 60 years old or something. And she's still something like that. Like, I, I just, it's, it's funny thing about like, she's come all this way to have like someone wipe a tear away with her foot in a movie. <laughs> but it, and it, it works amazingly. Like what the hell? Well, yeah, there's the scene where she's she's trying to surprise Evelyn in the hot dog universe, so she's playing a little tune on the piano with her feet. <laughs> yeah. And also hers, like, she brought so much even to, like, that, was the IRS, right? Like, the IRS yeah. role. Like, that whole, when she, <laughs> at the start, when she chugs that, that milk down and <laughs> squishes it. It's so gross. <laughs> so gross. Oh, my God. It, it, but it added a lot to it. Like she, she was really good at that. Um, I, mm. I cannot see her as anything else. Um, so yeah, she she was amazing. And like that that was that was thinking about that that was a really diverse role too. Like she, I think she oh, yeah. probably inhabited like the the most. I want to say the most different types of characters other than Michelle Yeoh. Actually, not yeah. even because I feel like Michelle Yeoh kind of acted mostly the same in each of the universes. If that makes sense, right? Yes. Whereas I think yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis really went out of her way to like add a lot of like she had there was the IRS one, there was the romance romance one, and the evil one were all extremely cartoonishly different. Um, mm-hmm. I think she put a lot of work into that. So yeah, that was cool. Was really and then funny. like. We didn't we didn't talk about Michelle Yeoh yet somehow, but she was she was amazing. Like this is definitely my favorite role I've ever seen her in, and I already like Michelle Yeoh as an actress. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure about her the first time. I'm gonna be honest; I don't think I've ever actually. I think I talked about this when we watched Shang Chi, maybe, but like I, I don't usually like Michelle Yeoh and stuff, other than like in Crazy Rich Asians. I think I liked her in mm-hmm. that role. This movie, I think it, it she grew on me a lot the second time I watched it. I liked her a lot more. She adds a very, I, I, I think just, it's, it, there's a lot of like, she, she feels so normal in this movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, a, a lot, like, she just feels like, like, like they said, she, this is the, the lamest, worst version of her character to exist. Oh, yeah, there's the... <laughs> There's that one uh, line that Wayman says at one point. He's like, now I get it. Now I understand why you can go, no, why you uh, have access to all these different universes. You're living your worst life. Yeah. You, ha- you, you made all the wrong choices. You have so much potential because you suck at everything <laughs> that you can be good <laughs> at potentially anything. Um, yeah, so I, I thought she, she was great at that. Um and uh, she was like a really good core of this movie because that, like I said earlier, that she she acted mostly the same in all the universes, but that was kind of just necessary. That was a necessary thing because it gave us kind mm-hmm. of some sort of anchor, yeah, to everything. But also, like, because she was multiverse jumping, 
it makes sense because like her character, when we saw her in the other universes, she was for the most part the same person, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, apparently, I'm reading this on Wikipedia. Apparently, uh, originally the directors wanted the um, the main character to have undiagnosed ADHD. And then while they were writing it, uh, Daniel Kwan, one of the directors, realized that he had undiagnosed ADHD. Oh. <laughs> and um, I just bring that up, one, because like it's kind of a funny anecdote. But also, she felt like a character with ADHD. Mm. The way that, like, how the way there's like so many points, specifically two, but there's like a bunch of points in this movie where she's like, yes, I am paying attention. And she's clearly not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess I never thought of that's That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, I, I thought it was because of the multiverse thing, but I guess it also makes sense. Like, yeah, well, when you have, I mean, that's one of the strengths of the multiverse is the multiverse can like be a stand in for all of these things. And like, yeah. I don't, I think that, I think that the ADHD metaphor there is that's fully intentional. And it, and like the, the multiverse is a good way of portraying that because how can you pay attention when your mind is split between literally 15 different multiverses? Yeah, it's quite literal. Well, I, I'm kind of happy that it didn't, I, I think, I don't think the ADHD thing was necessarily, it wasn't, ne- it wouldn't have added anything if that makes sense. Well, it wasn't that. necessarily explicit. And I think that that's a, another yeah. strength of this movie is there's a lot of stuff in here that is definitely there, but like they don't need to make it explicit because it's just well-written. So people just will understand it or interpret it as they need to. Yeah. But the thing is, dude, like the thing is too, is like there's, there's a lot of this movie, like at least to me, multiverse wise, based on what they explain doesn't make sense if that like it's not always consistent from what i can tell but like i do not care because it they consistently keep it entertaining and fun and challenging like i'm never like because there's that like there's a couple moments like there's that one scene where like they had to shove the dildo or like they had to shove something up their asses and like to to activate their powers the IRS best uh, <laughs> best auditor award. Best it's just a butt plug. That was hilarious. Um, wait, that's okay. I want to say that quickly too. There's so many jokes in this that, like, we, I think we said earlier with the multiverse stuff. But there's so many jokes that feel like a one off, and then they come back in the weird. Like, there's the that butt plug thing. There's the Rakanui Rakakuni thing, which yeah. like they kept they kept adding to that, and you're still like, what the hell is going on? Like, I thought this was just like a silly joke randomly in the movie. Um, but yeah, anyways, that that like there was that scene where, like for some reason, when she removed the butt plugs, the powers are gone. But like it should only have been necessary to activate the powers, unless yeah. after having a butt plug in your ass, you become extremely exhausted once it's pulled out. I don't know how it works. Um, <laughs> like, well, but I yeah, mean, like, there was also like there was also like a scene where she gets hit in the ear, and then her powers get like undone. And like, yes, it's because that's the button that activates her powers, but like. Uh, it seems a little inconsistent what deactivates those powers, if anything, at any given point. Yeah. Um, so, but, like, again, like, it, the movie's so amazing that, like, it's it's one of those things where it's just, like, I, I, do, I don't care to think about it. I just want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, that stuff really cool. Also, like, the action directing was extremely, like, I want to say it was, like, kung fu-inspired. 
like mm-hmm. some of some of like a lot of the cinematography obviously the choreography right but so another thing that I read on this Wikipedia page is that Jackie Chan was originally considered for the starring role mm-hmm. and I am not a, in any way like surprised to hear that because a lot of this to me felt not just Kung Fu inspired, but like specifically Jackie Chan inspired. There's a Jackie Chan movie. uh, I think it's called what is my name? uh, Where he just like, he he's in, uh, he's in the Netherlands and he picks up two wooden shoes and has like a five minute fight sequence where he's just fighting people with these wooden shoes. And like, Jackie Chan has a lot of that in his movies where he'll have like, you know, improvised weapons, but like the silliest thing, he just like picks up whatever's available to him and fights people with these things that aren't weapons. Mm -hmm. And like, there's an entire extended sequence. It's one of the like sickest earliest sequence in this sequences in this movie where um, Waymond fights off like five cops with a fanny pack. And, like, that to me felt super Jackie Chan. And, like, the scene where she's fighting off people with butt plugs, also a Jackie Chan sequence. Like, not specifically ripped from a Jackie Chan movie, but it's like, oh, they watched a lot of Jackie Chan movies to get ready for this movie. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it definitely paid off. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I'm really... Like, the stunt work, too, like, I, I never felt... I never noticed when they were cutting between like to the stunt doubles if that makes sense like it all felt really consistent for some reason mm-hmm. like we actually saw a lot of their faces in the there action was one, yeah there was one scene that i'm pretty sure was a stunt double yeah and that i like noticed as it was happening but i only noticed it the second time and it and like it was a t- it was a very short scene yeah there's a scene where um where joy falls down the stairs and we never see her face oh it's yeah. like, oh, that's a stunt double. Yeah, yeah. And it's like eight shots of a stunt double because every single step she falls down, her clothes change. Oh yeah, that scene. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, also, like, oh my god, the the outfits on Joy were amazing too. But I keep mm-hmm. there's, there's always something else to like gush about in this movie. Yeah, the, I love the outfits on Joy. They were all so. They're also, like, because of how silly they were it, it made them way more menacing if that makes sense because mm-hmm. it just felt like it was adding to like her unpredictability of what yeah. she could do um and the way she fought too like there's that one scene where she's fighting the four the four policemen i think um yeah and she's like fighting them with her like multiverse powers i guess that was really it was amazingly shot but also and really fun to watch, but extremely creepy as well. Like it, well, yeah, it was terrifying just, like, how they were dying. Yeah. Cause she would just fight people by breaking the rules. Basically. Like she mm-hmm. tapped on a dude and he spit up blood, but the blood was confetti. It's like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. And, but that also looked extremely like painful and yeah, disturbing. I don't know. It was cool. Um, Yeah. I think that's like I mean that's yet another strength of this movie is like I think I think one of the cool things they do is every everything in this movie works towards its themes which I think I've already said but like another one of those themes is like 
the control you have over your own life and your own decisions. And that's part of what makes Joy's fighting so menacing is that like when you're fighting Joy, you have literally no control over any part of the fight. She can just change all the rules at any given point and you just can't do anything. So like, you know, when she taps the dude and he spits confetti, yes, it's extremely painful. I'm sure it looks painful. And like, no matter what he does next, it doesn't matter. He's already lost just by virtue of being around. Yeah. And then, like, um, very, very only tangentially related, I love the idea that most of this movie is set in an IRS building because, like, <laughs> yeah. this is specifically a movie about, like, a woman uh, dealing with all of the choices she's made in the past, right? And the IRS is uh, like it's not super subtle it's just subtle enough that i don't think like it's the most obvious thing but like it's pretty it's pretty clear i guess anyway um the irs is it's an agency that specifically exists to examine every choice you've made in your life and tax you for it right it is yeah that that, i never actually thought of that metaphor before (laughs) that's really cool I, i think like i mean that's about as far as the IRS metaphor goes. I don't think that they use it too much more than that, but I like that like even these smaller things, even these things that seem smaller and inconsequential, there's clearly thought going into all of these details. Yeah. I, I also think, well, I think I'm pretty sure the point of, cause it really bothered me before the multiverse stuff. Like when I first watched it, the, the whole like, okay, like they've been fighting in this IRS building. I thought this was like, only one location. I, I was really surprised when they kind of stuck in it the whole movie mm-hmm. um, the first time. But it, it does make sense. I mean, even... Well, because first of all, I mean, just from like a monetary aspect, I think they had to keep it very confined to a relatively similar location just because of budgeting reasons. This movie was really cheap. I cannot this believe... This movie was they... really cheap, but also weirdly expensive for an A24 movie. Oh, yeah, for A24 for sure. But like... Just watching this movie, I can't believe they it would only cost twenty five million. Like, like especially like like this wasn't this was this felt like a blockbuster in terms of like like the mm. action scenes were not like underdone. These were like full on. These were like Marvel level action sequences, if not better. Dude, actually, most of the action in this movie looks better than Shang Chi. Yeah, like a hundred percent. And it's all like well lit, like there's there's not like there's like it's not like they're like hiding stuff when they're fighting too, and, like all the effects are really well done. Like how 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 do you have all this? It felt like they had so much CG in this movie. How, how is it only twenty five mil? But um, yeah, I think also well their VFX team. I don't know if you heard this. Their VFX team was five people. Well, see, that's fucked up. Like, I can't believe <laughs> that's <laughs> I mean, actually that's amazing. how it was so cheap. But also, are those the most five skilled people on earth? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's happening? Um, but yeah, twenty. Like, so, like, I think a big part of why they really cut the budget low was because most, like, I'd say, like ninety, eighty percent of the movie being in the IRS building was probably like all on set. Um, it was like probably a really cheap set to make, honestly. So, like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably why they, they can make this movie and keep the price so low. So it makes sense. And I really respect that. Um, and they, I think they, they made the utmost, they made the most out of this location, uh, for sure. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if you would, if if you if you showed me just random scenes from this movie after, like, without any context, half the scenes that are in the IRS, you wouldn't even realize they're in the IRS building. Like, they they use every part of that building, yeah. and they really, really like change it up yeah. whenever they can. Yeah, and then I also th- I almost want us like I almost feel like the 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 claustrophobia of staying in that building adds to the multiverse aspect of like all these locations do feel a lot more special just because of how lame the main location is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cause it's not like they, they, they refrain from shooting outside and stuff. Like a lot of the multiverse shots were like, like various exotic locations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, at least Although, they're, they're probably again, on like- sets though, but like, yeah. Yeah, but also I feel like none of these sets were that like crazy to make. There's one set that's like a big movie premiere and that one was probably the most expensive to either make or to like rent out. Yeah. But all of these sets could have been could literally just have been buildings they rented out and like some of them were a parking lot. Yeah. Or like a street, like no, very few of them were anything really elaborate. Yeah, yeah. No, they I don't were, know. They were yeah. really smart with it, but like again, because of how the quality of the stories in them and how often they were switching locations, it, it felt way bigger than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, like this was like again, like it, it felt like a really grand blockbuster movie. Like this could have been. You could have told me this was made with like a hundred million dollars, and I would not have been surprised. Oh yeah. Um, I would have believed that. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. They these guys. Yeah, I mean, really knew what they were doing. You would literally have to tell me that this was made with the budget of Spider Man for me to start being like, eh, I don't know about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's that's crazy to me. Um, especially like, I liked how uh, the the uh, the age that the time period too felt very not certain. If that, I don't know if we ever see like any cell phones or anything um technically but yeah like a lot no, of we do we do see cell phones we do oh, okay never mind yeah um but it, it felt like one of those movies that was very like um i don't know what's what's the term but like there's no certain place in time like you would necessarily be able to pinpoint it is that anachronistic Anachron- i don't know but yeah like it felt like it could have been any any point after the 2000s i guess i don't know yeah especially because like the multiversal tech was like <laughs> it was like a really like a really cheap cell phone app and like that shitty Bluetooth headset thing that was like yeah. I hated that at first but it really grew on me I guess because it looks so mm-hmm. it looks so stupid but like in it was in like a corny good way um, yeah. I felt like a throwback to like like the eighties like eighties like sci fi movies like I don't know like Back to the I Future was gonna say, like, shit. I was gonna say a throwback to like two thousand nine oh. where we had well, where we had like yeah where we had like we had this technology that's clearly going to be the technology of the future. It just looks super clunky right now. Yeah. Like Bluetooth headsets now look fine. Bluetooth headsets in 2009 looked like whatever they had in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which again, like is why you can, is why no one bats an eye when in the IRS, she's sitting there with two Bluetooth headsets on because yeah. the IRS is full of old people and <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I could gush about this movie all day. I, I don't even know what else to say. It's just, it's so, so good. 
I I am absolutely going to be watching this movie probably like three or four more times mm-hmm. before I don't know the end yeah. of the year. I do want to. I really hope I can see this in IMAX at least once. So do I. That'd be crazy. Like, it looks to me, at least where I am, like it looks like it's starting to go out of theaters in Toronto, mm-hmm. and that's really sad because I want it to have another big run so I can see it in IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, same. Oh, we'll see. I don't know. But yeah, like they're adding locations, so there could, there could be a cool future for this movie. I really hope, I hope it, so. it should make its I, I really hope it makes its money back cuz yeah, I want to see uh like this is the first original movie I've seen in a while too, I think. Actually, no, that's that's not true. I've, I saw The Lost City, The Lost City was technically original as well. Yeah. Um yeah, anyways, like this this is a great movie. Also, like one last thing, like we're talking a couple of weeks ago about how like Turning Red I was complaining about how it felt like another Oh, it's like an Asian movie, so we have to have the same, like, very similar. I mean, this, like, the same, like, familial issues. I guess this movie was very similar, but I never felt like it was, like, um, I think it was, like, this is an Asian cast. We're making an Asian type of movie, if that makes sense. It, it felt. I feel like this movie was very aware of what those types, of, of that exact criticism you're talking about mm-hmm. and subverted it, not, maybe not intentionally subverted it. But, like, they didn't want to make that kind of movie. Yeah, because there were, like, there were a lot of, like, because I never, I never felt like they were shying away from, like, the Asian the Asian aspects. Like, you know, they were, like, there's a, a lot of, there's that one scene uh, where they're celebrating, like, I think it was Chinese New Year, right? Um, in yeah. The laundromat they're this having all that takes party. place on Chinese New Year. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot, there's the, the, the same stuff with, like, you know, like, issues with, family and stuff like that but I, I never felt like it was because they were asian if that makes sense like it felt like you could have this could have been played by any race of cast and it would have worked just as well also what i really appreciated and like i'm gonna just straight up spoil the ending right now so i mean if somehow people are still listening and you don't and you now want to see this movie but like you don't want to have the ending spoiled i'm literally gonna just spoil the ending now like I really liked at the end where um, they have Michelle ba- Michelle Yeoh like deliver the overly cliched line like "I am your mother" and like basically beating her daughter into submission. And then her daughter's like, "Yeah, but leave me alone. Actually, let me do my own thing." Yeah. And then they just like let that happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, she, shit. she did let that. <laughs> that that actually works." Yeah, <laughs> they actually. They, I was because like right at that point, you know. At no point in this movie am I giving up hope on it, but at that point I'm like, ah, okay, we're at this point, and then it's like, no, stop. Yeah. Oh, cool. They subverted my expectations by doing something realistic. Well, speaking of the ending, I, I, I am, I was kind of confused, like, because I don't necessarily, I feel like this, I don't really need to understand the like the ending, ending, because I feel like the movie was mostly summed up by then. But like, what, mm-hmm. what was that timeline they were in? Like, because I'm guessing. We never see the timeline from when they were trapped in the IRS building afterwards, right? I mean, to me, if I had to guess, to me, I think that's the timeline where they went home to do their taxes. Yeah. And like the actual thing that's happening, the actual story that's really happening um, that we end up following at the end is the one where they go home and she has like the talk with Deirdre outside of the laundromat and she like has a breakdown in the laundry that that one i feel like is the closest to the quote-unquote real timeline we have Mm -hmm. except that i mean like you said by the end i certainly didn't feel like 
anything necessarily had to be the Plain. real or the correct one. Yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, because, well, I guess, especially in the case of Michelle Yeoh's character, uh, is it Evelyn? Evelyn, Evelyn yes. yeah. Um, all the timelines are happening simultaneously for her at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it doesn't really matter anymore to her, at least, which one's the real yeah. one and which one's not. Um, um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that, I thought that was kind of... I wish we saw a little more of what was happening there, too. But I, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. It's like, <laughs> if you ha- if it's a really good movie, you always want a little more. I'm not going to lie. And I did want more. Um, also, this movie ooh. ends on the line, yes, I am paying attention, yeah. which I loved. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of that reminds me of the prestige. Isn't isn't that like the same ending line, sort of? Like, are you paying attention? I think it's like, are you paying attention? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So there you go. This movie is an answer to the prestige. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) It's the true (laughs) sequel. Um. Yeah. I don't know. So, what 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 would you rate this movie? Uh, Am I allowed to give a perfect score? I I was gonna say the same thing. I think I'm gonna do (laughs) that. I think this is maybe the first ten out of ten. I've ever given on any of our shows I want to say I can't think of yeah, another I think one it's only... the closest was Inception I think I gave Inception like a 9.7 I think this is my third with Inception being my first mm. what was the second one drive my car oh okay cool so yeah uh amazing movie Please so you go me. perfect 10 out of 10 yeah first 10 out of 10 ever given by Pierre on this show crazy that is extremely high praise yeah Probably like the last one for like three years too. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> cool after being so pessimistic about movies from last year, especially after the Oscars. The first movie I watched, and I guess not the second one I've seen since the Oscars, is like one of my favorite movies ever. So you know, no crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Um, you know what? Uh, I just found out that Batman comes out on Monday. Uh, on demand. Do we want to talk about Batman next? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, we haven't done that All yet. right. Let's talk about Batman next. Oh, Jeff, what's the last word? Did you know that Randy Newman was in this movie? 